0: Welcome to So What's the Problem, in which we rewatch movies from our youth and see how problematic they may be by today's standards. And I'm Jimmy, I'm and
1: today we'll be talking about The Truth About Cats and Dogs, which was released in the US on the 26th, 26th of April 1996, and in the UK and Ireland on July 19th, 1996. It was written by Audrey Wells and directed by Michael Lehman, is that how you pronounce it? Lehman? Lehman? Let's call the whole Something thing
0: like
1: off. Um, it stars Janine Garofalo, Uma Thurman, Ben Chaplin, and Jamie Foxx, and you're damn right I'm putting Janine Garofalo first instead of Uma Thurman, like the movie does.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy and I have thought of problems this movie has. Three each, and we'll take saying them and have a general discussion on the movie. We will also have one positive to say about it. Jimmy, do you have any history with this movie? Um, I saw the trailer... Um, back, back in 1996,
1: um, a movie magazine in the UK, I can't remember which one, but it used to give away free VHS tapes, um, then later DVDs, mm-hmm. um, of movie trailers. They had like movie trailer collections, um, and once a year they would give them out as a free gift just so people knew. This was before the internet, you know, the internet became a thing. Um, so I remember watching the trailer for this. And I distinctly remember the line, um, you can love your pets, just don't love your pet. Um, I remember <laughs> that line, but I've never actually seen the entire movie until now. <laughs> this is my first time watching this movie. Uh, yeah. Wow. So what's, what's your history with it?
0: Well, first of all, I just want to say that uh I was always jealous of the UK because there's so many gifts. With magazines? Yeah. No, it happens all the time. Posters and,
1: yeah. Or comics used to give away stuff all the time for kids. Yeah, all the time.
0: I used to uh, buy, a t- like, I used to just be obsessed with magazines. And especially when I was a teen, I bought a lot of, um, like, all the various teen magazines. And uh, we had a bookstore here that would that carried, like, a massive variety. And anytime I got a magazine from the UK. There was always, like, a little mm-hmm. bag or something in it and i loved it and then when i when i went to london um in 2003 you know i bought a lot of magazines cuz i was traveling and i came home with so much stuff <laughs> including a book like there was a book about the rat pack i'd almost bought mm-hmm. and it was just like in with a magazine yeah <laughs> so anyway i just wanted to give a shout out to your magazines
1: yeah magazines and newspapers as well always give free gifts um like, DVDs and stuff like that is mental. It's really crazy over here, but, you know, we're not going to complain about it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, my history with this movie is, at this time, you know, I'm a teenager, and I'm obsessed with Jean hmm And so, um, I really wanted to see it because of her, and I loved a Good rom-com. And I didn't, for some reason, I didn't see it in the theater. But I'm sure I rented it the weekend it came out on VHS. And I've seen it a million times. And I loved the soundtrack, I have the soundtrack, Um, and I've listened to the soundtrack enough and watched the movie enough that when it started, I was, like, humming along with the score.
1: Right, okay. (laughs) I don't think, the score didn't really stick out to me in this one. Uh, Um, It usually does in scores, but this one didn't really stick out.
0: It doesn't really that much, but the opening piece was on the soundtrack. Mm -hmm.
1: So you're just used to hearing it because you've listened to the soundtrack that many times.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. And I hadn't watched it in a really long time. Like, I own it on DVD, so I've clearly watched it within the past, like, 20 years or so. hmm But it had been a really, really long time, and I actually anticipated it being far more problematic than it was.
1: Yeah. It has a couple of issues, but mm-hmm. it's... I mean, like I quite enjoyed it. So. Yeah, you know,
0: it has um, on Rotten Tomatoes. It has an eighty-five percent for critics.
1: Mm-hmm. No, it's 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 a solid film. It's nothing, it's nothing amazing, but it's you know, I enjoyed it enough when I was watching it.
0: The person who would be best to sit here and talk about the problems of the movie would be Janine Grafflo. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I have read some. Like I'm sitting there watching this movie, just remembering how at that age, like you know, I loved the soundtrack. I thought her clothes were so cute. And then I read this quote from her where she's literally like, Uh, the clothes suck and the soundtrack makes you want to puke.
1: Yeah. She has a problem with this um entire movie it seems like. Uh speaking of problems, um what's your first problem?
0: Um, the premise of the movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, <laughs> Which it good. seems to be often one of us has a problem with the premise of a movie. But yeah, I was sitting there this morning watching it, and my husband was in the next room, and he could hear it. And after about 15 minutes, he comes into the room and he's like, "Can you pause that?" So I paused it, and he was just like, "It's the premise of this movie that Jeanine Garofalo is unattractive." Yeah. And I was like, P- pretty much. And it's it's one of those things where like people tell her she's unattractive. Yeah. And then she seems to believe she's unattractive. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I would do okay with just one of those. But the, and obviously if people are constantly calling you unattractive, you'll probably think you're unattractive. So it's not like I think that it's ridiculous that she would think that about herself
1: mm-hmm.
0: after the way people talk to her. Yeah. But it's too much because she's super friggin cute. Yep. And Uma Thurman, while I do like her hair a lot better this time than I did when I watched it when I was younger, I don't love her hair. Mm-hmm. Like, beautiful, beautiful girls came out in the same year and her hair and that was gorgeous. Right. But I just, I watched this movie and it's just like, I mean, obviously, like, I'm a straight woman. I see things differently <laughs> than men, but, uh, straight men, but I'm just watching it and I'm like, she's boring. Right. What I find really interesting about it, all the people that see her and, you know, stop and turn and, you know, run into cars and
1: yeah, generally
0: freak out about her looks, is that um, it's interesting to me that she's very, very covered. Mm-hmm. Like, I think a lot of other directors would have made her be wearing more revealing clothing. Yeah, no, that's true. And she's, I mean, she is pretty covered from head to toe in that scene. And that's really like Michael Lehman. I think that's something really interesting about him. Cause now that I'm, th- I'm, I'm kind of like thinking out loud right now. Cause I hadn't thought about it before, but it's like, if you think about Heather's, it's not like anyone was super provocative in that movie. No. Um, I'm trying to, it's been a while since I've seen, uh, 40 days and 40 nights, but I feel like. There's like one character who does, but she's like supposed to be like overly sexual and um, well she actually sexually assaults the main character. But I was just um, going to
1: say there's, there's a rape scene in that film so, you know.
0: Yeah, that's oh, Dylan and I we love that movie, but we've been haunted by that from the very first time we saw it.
1: Just just be thankful that that movie um it's past our cut-off point, because I would be raving about that movie. I'd be ranting about it if we talked about that movie.
0: Oh, I would love to talk about that movie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think it was past past
0: um our cut-off point. So. It is, it is. Okay, <laughs> but um, I do own it on TV. Yeah. Um, but I think Michael Lehman, it's, you know, usually if a woman is supposed to be so sexy and so attractive, um and is that covered up, it usually is something made by a woman. <laughs> Yeah, but the only time you see
1: Noelle naked, she's covered, is in a picture. hmm And that's when the only time we... The first time we see her is when Abby looks at the picture and describes herself. Yeah. So, I like that. Like, just going off what you're saying, it's good. It's a good thing that she's not overly sexualized and she's not... Like, wearing crop tops and stuff and showing off her breasts and everything and her cleavage and it's like, that's really good. All these men are just falling over themselves because of her face. Um, although she does get a compliment about her body, um, at one point and it's like, you can't, how can you tell? She's like, fully clothed.
0: <laughs> how can you tell? I want to say something about the guy who, uh, says, and what a body it is. Yeah. Um, the guy who says that, the actor is Uma Thurman's brother. <laughs> uh, I find it very upsetting, but I also have to mention in the background in that bookstore scene, uh, you can see Bob Odenkirk and David Cross.
1: Yeah, you can. <laughs> um, but I think you've just broke my brain, Jen. That was.
0: <laughs> if that was originally my, one of my problems <laughs> because I read that fact before I got to that scene. And it was
1: so icky. That is just wrong. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. Moving on. Uh, But
0: anyway, the (laughs) premise, like, it's just, she's, and the other problem I have with that whole, like, she's unattractive thing. Yeah. Is at the very end, when they get together, they have her looking extra cute, and that bothers me, too. (laughs) But, like, in that scene, she's wearing more makeup than usual. Mm-hmm. And like her hair just looks a little nicer. Mm-hmm. And I don't like that either. But I, and I also just hate the idea, like they go on, like people just call her ugly. And it's, Janine, it did a lot <laughs> to hurt Janine Graffalo's self-esteem and that makes me really angry.
1: Yeah.
0: I think, see. Love,
1: uh, sorry.
0: Oh, I just, I think that um, the way she looked in Bye Bye Love, Maybe I'd, I'd buy it a little more then, cause I think her hair looks horrible, and it doesn't help her face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I mean, she still looks good in that movie, but like, but she just looks too cute in this movie. Yeah, that's, that is a problem, cause I've never really thought about
1: Janine Garofalo before, but watching this movie, first time she came on, I'm like, she's really cute in this,
0: but she's not supposed to be, so. <laughs> well and how damaging was this to me I loved Janine Grafflow. I was obsessed with Janine Grafflow. I would watch anything she was in I wanted to be her I wanted to look like her I thought she was very attractive Mm -hmm. and then to have everybody call her ugly when I'm sitting there thinking she's much more attractive than me Mm -hmm. like that must have had an effect on me
1: yeah it's not good it's not a good premise at all it's a tried and true
0: premise isn't it really well, and why does she lie to him? Like, I mean, it's just like her. I feel like maybe they should have established her self-esteem was even lower or something, because it doesn't even make sense why she would just say that. Like, why wouldn't she just say, I'm not going to meet you?
1: Yeah, it's like a farce. This mm-hmm. movie's like one of those stupid farces that you would get in the 70s and, uh, or something, watching a stage play, and mm-hmm. it just doesn't really fit. It doesn't really fit a movie in nineteen ninety six, but yeah, I still enjoyed the film. <laughs> well, what's your first problem? Um, okay. Uh, I know they say in the end credits that no animals were harmed, etc., because <laughs> they have to say that. But that mm-hmm. dog looks really fucking uncomfortable in those skates, <laughs> and. I hate it when people do that sort of shit to animals for our amusement. <laughs> it's like, it's a big, it's a beautiful, big, great den, and it's got, you know, long legs. And if it falls the wrong way, it's breaking one of those legs. Yeah. So that pissed me off right away. <laughs> but I knew that was coming because it's part of the advertising of the f- film. Because they actually see the dog in the skates and the poster for the film. What was the point in it? It's not funny. They could have done it a- another way for... Him to phone her, and it's like, ah, just, that just annoyed me. That poor dog. But, yeah, that's my first problem. That's, that's how much this movie, um, has little problems for me. <laughs> but, that's, <laughs> that's my first.
0: Well, that's actually a good segue into my next problem, because the thing about this movie is I'm, I am still in shock at how solid it is. <laughs> yeah. Like, the fact that Janine Graffle is supposed to be unattractive aside, like, Every time I come up with a problem, I talk myself out of it. <laughs> and so, like, at one point, I was like, well, maybe maybe the whole Bechtel test thing can be a problem for me. But I wasn't sure, because I wasn't paying attention during the movie if they had scenes where they didn't talk about him. Mm-hmm. And so I looked on the Bechtel test website, and it passes. All right. And the friendship is really good. Um. And I think it is, after reading the reviews, I said that people were getting a lot more from it than what I wanted. Mm-hmm. But I think, um, if it were made today, I think the movie would be more about the two women. Yeah. Um, and maybe they would have even started out having different ideas of each other. Mm-hmm. Although I am glad that it doesn't start off with her being like, well, this model must be dumb, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, I really, you know, it's this romantic comedy and so much of it is about the guy. While it does focus a lot on the friendship and I do appreciate that they'd never like fight over him. No. Like it's actually very civil and they are very nice to each other the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Um I just wish it was more about the two of them and that the guy was more of an afterthought. Yeah, I
1: agree with that. But um but Ben Chaplin was up and coming. They needed to give him some airtime, I suppose. And also, you know, it means that Jamie Foxx got sadly anything in this film to do yeah. um and just a funny sidebar that uh, ben chaplin was on a sitcom in the uk like a year before starring in this movie um he got the role for this and then he left the show so the character on the sitcom was uh recast for the second series mm-hmm. um and then in the same year as this jamie fox got his own sitcom so, it's just like a weird sort of sitcom, sort of rabbit hole that went down there. That Ben Chaplin left his to get into this movie, and in the same year as this movie, Jamie Foxx got his own sitcom. So, <laughs> I just thought that was a bit strange. And Jamie Foxx's sitcom lasted for about five
0: seasons or something? Yeah. Yeah. I remember that show. Did, what was the sitcom Ben Chaplin was on? Uh, Game On? Okay. It was I called? That.
1: Yeah. Um, he was in the first series and then they just recast the character they didn't... Ben Chaplin didn't come back to UK TV until uh, 2011 when they did a the miniseries over here. So, you know, good for him. He got he got um, some roles in, in the US, so good for him. That, apparently that's the dream for British actors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to become, you know, to be working in America. Uh, but, yeah.
0: Comcast Business gives you fast, gig-speed internet. And now, ask how to get fast shipping with Amazon Business Prime Essentials, so you'll always be ready to bounce forward. Comcast Business. Offer ends 11-15-20. Restrictions apply. Requires qualifying Comcast Business service. New Amazon Business Prime Essential members only.
1: My second problem is that this movie should have been rated R because there is a phone set scene that is actually quite, quite sort of hard for a PG-13. Yeah, it's quite sort of... Uh, adult and Mm -hmm. the movie is rated 15 in the uk and sometimes 80s and 90s movies that were rated 15 but were pg-13 in america they usually get re-rated to 12 run a bit you know this time but not this because i think it's too grown up um but because of that phone sex scene i'm not entirely sure who this film is for because it's rated pg-13 it's far too sort of grown up for teens so if they well, just added a little bit more F-words or whatever to it and then made it R, then I think, you know, it might have suited the tone better. Yeah,
0: Sorry. I mean, with in America, it's like they want them to be PG-13 because they'll make more money. And it was like, I wanted to see this movie. I had friends who saw this movie. Um, I mean, it's not, you know, a teen movie, but it was definitely a movie that teens, at least teen girls, uh wanted to see. Yeah,
1: I just think it's, I mean, I just think it's a bit too grown up.
0: I guess I feel like there's sex scenes and teen stuff all the time, and this is like a couple years before Dawson's Creek and I'm watching Dawson's Creek, and I feel like there's Mm. some pretty scandalous stuff on that and that was on TV. Um, The thing about the phone sex scene is I think, for me personally, that kind of thing was important because I didn't know anything. Right. And, um... When you don't know anything, and, I mean, my mom, she was one of those parents, like, she made it very clear that um I could go to her with any questions about sex, and, but there was something in me that was just, like, like, my way of rebelling was to refuse to talk to her about it at all. Movies will teach me. Like, she had a, a good book she gave me in the sixth grade about, mm-hmm. um like, what sex is. Yeah. And um I didn't even touch it for like over a year because every once in a while she'd ask me about it. And I just for some reason, the the rebellious, horrible teen in me thought that like I was it was going to drive her crazy that I didn't look at it like I was rebelling, even though I was very curious. Right. And as a kid who didn't know anything, didn't have the Internet to like Google things, um, a scene like that. While as an adult, you look at it and you think, oh, that might have been grown up for like a 14 year old mm-hmm. um, or at least a 14 year old in the 90s that doesn't have the Internet. And um, it showed me that there are other things. Right. No, just my, my problem with it is,
1: is the rating because I just don't I just don't know who the film is for. And I just don't understand why it's PG-13. I mean, so was Reality Bites but Reality Bites was still sort of aimed at a younger audience, mm-hmm. whereas this just seems to be aimed at adults.
0: I mean, the, the the way the studios work, and I hate it because there's so many movies that would be so much better. Like, we, you know, we talked about Can't Really Wait. It would be so much better if it were rated R. The problem is the studios thought that no one wanted to go see rated R movies, um, especially around this time, and so the goal was to make movies at, you know, PG 13, because you get more of an audience. Cause not only do you get, um, the teens under 17, but there are, like, especially in the Bible Belt, which is where I live, there are a lot of adults, um, like Christians, um, or prudes, <laughs> whatever you want to call them, who yep. aren't going to go see a movie if it's rated R. And I'm sure those people, if they saw this, were very scandalized by that scene. Um, oh, well, that's, but, okay,
1: I retract my problem then, that's good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, like, they, you know, if you have a movie, if a movie's PG-13, you're just more likely to sell more tickets. No, I know, I understand um, that, it's just, ugh. Like, American Pie was a huge risk, because it was R. Yeah. And then, um 40 Old Virgin, that was a big thing, where, like, they didn't think it was going to do super well, because it was rated R, and... They you know, the studios for whatever reason didn't believe in rated R comedies and that's... then it was a blockbuster, and that's when we finally started getting more rated R comedies.
1: I know, but we had them back in the eighties. So it just seems to me it's a bit strange that there was like that there was a period in time where people didn't like that, that they, that had to be PG thirteen
0: for a comedy. And like, something shifted, man. Yeah, no. and I know. Bl- and I, it might. I think it has something to do with Tipper Gore. Okay. <laughs> well, because she was the one who, like, threw the big fit about, um, about music, and she was the one who caused them to start putting, um, explicit lyrics warnings. Oh,
1: right, okay. On yeah. CDs,
0: there was something yeah. that happened in the nineties. Where, um, I mean, I don't, I can't speak for anywhere else, but in America, we just became more prudish. And it even, and especially the mid nineties, cause, um, so, okay. Something maybe we should revisit at some point. Um, one of, one of my personal favorite trilogies is the Mighty Ducks trilogy. And the first movie came out, what, like 91, 92. And it was. 92, I think. Yeah. Dark. I mean, the whole premise of the movie. Is that Emilio Estevez, uh, Coach Bombay is this dick and Mm -hmm. he, um, like he's, he's a real asshole and he gets drunk and drives and gets arrested and his community service is taking care of these kids and they're saying damn, they're saying shit. Um, kids are saying racial slurs to other kids. Um, and then D2, uh, comes out in, I want to say 94. Right. And it's much lighter, like the the one tough kid, uh, one of the one of the Bash brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, in the second movie, he sees someone, um, he sees uh, Keenan Thompson make a shot, and he goes, "What the heck kind of shot is that?" Ugh. These kids were saying shit in the previous movie, All right. and now he's not even saying hell; he's saying heck. Like you can see, there was a shift. In the early to mid 90s, like right around that point, Mm -hmm. because those two movies, the tone is so incredibly different and they're not that far off. No, that's true. But if you look at we spoke about Police Academy
1: um, a few weeks ago and uh, the first movie was rated R and it was a 15 here and then. The second one was PG-13 and then by the time they got to the seventh one which was Mission to Moscow that was PG but it might as well have been rated G because there was absolutely nothing in that seventh movie that would have warranted and that was 93 I think. It was the same year as Lethal Weapon Free, so that there was nothing in that movie that warranted a PG really um, but yeah. So there was definitely a shift in comedies, um, but I'm glad that, we're, that they started to shift again and are getting sort of more
0: R-rated ones again, but it was weird. A weird time. Yeah. We, were, we need to do some research to see what happened in the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> Something clearly happened. It could have been just a money
1: thing, though. I don't know about the I don't understand the Mighty Ducks thing, but, like, a lot of movies getting PG-13s must have been just the, movie thing, the money thing. And then it's like, well, we have to make uh, comedies sort of lighter for kids to watch as well. But, you know, ugh, it's weird. But then this has a phone sex scene in it, which is baffling to me. But, hey-ho. I mean,
0: maybe it's just because they don't show anything, you know? Hmm. I don't know. I, now I'm obsessed with this. Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> we'll have to, we'll have to find that out.
1: Um, so what is your third problem?
0: I forgot and I really thought <laughs> I would <didn't> remember. <laughs> I really, I feel like I had this brilliant thought and it, I mean, maybe it wasn't that brilliant if I can't think of it. Um, I'm, I'm really mad at myself.
1: Come okay. I was just saying to myself, it's alright, carry on. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, um, I clearly can't remember the, the brilliant thought I had earlier. Right. So I'm going to say something that isn't the fault of the movie. In fact, the movie covers it up. Right, okay. But something that really upset me is, you know, I'm watching this movie and as different songs come up in the movie, I'm singing along with them because I know them very well. Right. Okay. And then there's a scene where she's panicking and there's a Ben Folds 5 song playing Mm -hmm. like this is the beginning of my obsession with Ben Folds 5. And they cut it out of the movie, this part of the song. But as I'm singing along, I realize what I'm about to say and I'm horrified. There's right, a part okay. in the song where he goes, you make me feel, make me feel, make me feel, R-word.
1: Right, okay, yeah.
0: It's in, in just, I know it's not in the movie, but when I'm watching it, it's in my head. And it's right. very upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> Um, If you listen closely, um, listeners, you
1: can hear at the bottom of a barrel being scraped. Um, for, uh, for the, uh, problems in this episode.
0: This, like, given the premise of the movie, given how problematic it is. Yeah, the premise, is It is, it's a, it's problematic, it's like, it's like this movie is, because of how problematic it is, it should be more problematic, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yes. But it's not. (laughs) (laughs) And there was a moment towards the end of watching the movie where I was like, oh, God, maybe we shouldn't do that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I was struggling during the week.
0: I think there is something about revisiting a movie that should be problematic and seeing that it was actually very well made and mostly well handled. Mm -hmm. And praising that. No,
1: that's, I mean, I do like, I do, I mean, yes, but I do like the, um, I do like this aspect of the podcast because it doesn't have to be, oh, that's racist, that's homophobic, you know what I mean? That's sexist. It doesn't have to be that. My, my first problem was that there was a dog on skates and I didn't like it because the dog could hurt itself. That's silly. But it doesn't matter because I actually also think it's true <laughs> that that dog should not have been on skates. Um, I, I, yeah. And my third problem, which is nothing happens to Roy. Yeah. And not that anything really has to, but he doesn't really get his comeuppance for being such an asshole. He's such a horrible person, and he, nothing really happens to him. The worst thing that happens to him is he gets dumped.
0: I mean, but you've got to hope that... I mean, you got to assume that if she dumps him, that he also isn't going to be claiming 15% of her earnings anymore.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay, that's good. I, I would have I preferred him getting punched or something, or even the dog on skates running over him or something. I think that would have been funnier. That would have been better. That would have been more apt... Um, but, yeah, he's not getting his money. Ooh <laughs> Okay,
0: I did, I did just, this is my third problem. I think I remembered what it was. Okay. And this is going to be better than the Ben Folds one. Okay. <laughs> so, God, what was the guy's name in this movie? Oh, Brian? Um, when he discovers what has happened. Yes, Brian. He is understandably angry. Mm-hmm. And I get that when you're angry... You can sometimes say things that are not nice, but it really pisses me off that he says, so you're dumb and beautiful. You're smart and dot, dot, dot. Mm. Like it's awful that he calls um, Noel dumb. Yeah. And you know, he's about to say something bad. I mean, at least he catches himself, but he's about to say something bad to Abby. Right. And at that point, at that point, I do not want him to get with anyone. Right. I
1: saw it in a different way. Oh. Okay. I saw that he couldn't think of another word to say her about her. Ooh. I saw that as he couldn't finish his sentence because he didn't. He didn't have another word for her.
0: Oh, I really love that. <laughs> That's. Oh, you just changed everything. <laughs> you just changed twenty-four years of viewing.
1: That's the way I saw it in my first viewing. <laughs>
0: That's lovely.
1: But he just. I really it's not like that. that. He, it's not that he stopped himself from saying something. It's that he just didn't have anything to say. He had said his piece, oh. and that was it. So.
0: Oh my God, I'm cry. <laughs> I'm serious. I have tears in my eyes. That is quite beautiful, actually, isn't it? <laughs> I don't totally buy that. If he met them both at the same time, that he would have gone for Noel.
1: No, personality-wise, absolutely would have been Abby.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely, because he'd already liked Abby, listening to her on the radio anyway, and he liked her personality. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I just don't get. Um, I don't get from him that he would have went for Noel anyway because she's quote unquote more attractive. Mm-hmm. Because I think he still finds Abby attractive. Um. And also, I don't think that physical attractiveness really means that much to him because he falls for her voice and her personality. So when you say that he doesn't finish that sentence, I don't think he would ever say the word ugly, whether whether it was because she believed it or not. it's He doesn't believe it, so he just couldn't finish that sentence. Um, and I think that that's what makes him a good guy. As compared to the other guys in this movie, <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, Jamie Foxx, who's hardly in it, but all he really does is just talk about how attractive Uma Furman is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got Roy, who's a douche. And that dog should have ran him over. That would have been funny. Although then I would have complained that the dog might have got hurt. But still.
0: Well, Roy, what, from, okay, so what Roy is actually attracted to is not just her looks. He is attracted to the fact that she's very insecure because she clearly herself has her low self-esteem. Well, absolutely. Um and he he sees someone he can take advantage of. Mm-hmm. It's there's this movie is actually a lot more complex than I gave it credit for. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because it is like it is, you know, about these two women with low self-esteem whether, you know, I mean, they're kind of different areas of low self-esteem, but they both have low self-esteem, like, coming to accept themselves and to think they are worthy of more. Mm-hmm. Because by the end of it, like, for once, she's just like, this is who I mm-hmm. am. And it's, man, this is an empowering movie in some ways. I think Janine Graffalo and I need to have a little conversation about this movie.
1: Yeah. Okay. So what's what's your positive about the movie? And don't just say the movie.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think I've given so many positives
1: like yeah, you have. Yeah, but that's not it... but that's not the way the show goes Jen. Okay. okay.
0: <laughs> you can tell me if this is unacceptable and I'll come up with something else. All right. What I like about this movie is um this is one of many movies that, you know, we're probably going to go over and that we have gone over that I've seen a million times but haven't watched in like 15 or 20 years. Right. And I've changed, I've changed so much that movies I saw seven years ago, Mm -hmm. I feel completely different about, which is because for the longest time, my opinions rarely ever changed. Mm -hmm. Um, And what I like about this movie is going back to watch it, I still really liked this movie, which it is, it is hard to do. It is hard to go back and watch movies from around this time and not all of a sudden see things I don't like. And yeah. the problems I had with this movie, like the main problem I had with this movie was you know the fact that she is attractive and they they act like she's a monster, but I had that problem when I watched it the first time, like this movie honestly did not change for me, and I like that, yeah, um and I know that's kind of the same thing as saying I like the movie, but it's a little different um because it's it's more my memory has not been tainted.
1: well, that's good. I'm glad.
0: I am glad. <laughs> and and I'm really glad you never saw it. Like, I love... It is rare that we talk about a movie where one of us has, you know, this great love of it, and the other one has never seen it.
1: No, I'm glad I watched it. I'm glad we're covering it for the podcast, even if the problems aren't, like... <laughs> I, still, it doesn't matter, because I do like the fact that this podcast isn't just ramming people over the head with this is sexist, this is racist, you know what I mean? I like that. That's not the purpose of the podcast. Yeah. This isn't some like woke <laughs> quote, woke podcast. We're just watching films that we liked when we were younger and just seeing maybe if the, if we see it differently since we're both adults and I'm over forty. Um <laughs>
0: <laughs> do you think that if we had done this podcast a couple of years ago that it would be a little more negative? Because I feel like Right now, we're in the middle of this pandemic, yeah, <laughs> the world is on fire, everything sucks, and it it's more fun to be positive. I think we are trying to keep it light,
1: yes, I think it's <laughs> I think so, but i still but then again, I still would have had the problems I had with the good Sun um I still would have had yeah. the problems I had with um sleepless in Seattle, um even though that is a good movie. I still had problems with it, um, but yeah, it's, uh, uh, but I think maybe there might have been a little bit more negativity back like two years ago. We are trying to keep it light. Mm-hmm. Well, what's your thing? Um My positive you like? is yeah. the relationship between the two women because <laughs> they seem like good friends, despite that they basically just met,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: I like their dialogue together. And I think that Noel is like the sweetest person on the planet, and Roy can go. Oh my god. F- Roy can go fuck himself. <laughs> um,
0: well, and Noel, like, I just love that you know, Jeanine Gruff. Abby's like, you know, you're super attractive. You're a model, and I'm, you know, not attractive. And she's like, oh my god, you have a cute face, and you're a celebrity. And you see that they're both in awe of each other in different yeah. ways. Well, she she actually tells Abby, Abby,
1: she actually tells Abby that she thinks she's pretty. She she says to him mm-hmm. you're pretty. Um, and I like that Noel isn't superficial noel isn't noel never once lords her looks over Abby's looks. She never says anything along the lines e i like I'm more attractive than you. That could have been an easy way for the writer to put in you know just an easy gag to put mm-hmm. in the script where she maybe like says something maybe not meaning to but say something that she's more attractive than Abby or you know, but she never once does that because she has self-esteem issues as well and I really like that and I just like the two I like the dy- dynamic between the two women and it should have been more about the two women so that's um that's all we have time for uh the next movie we had we decided in the next movie beforehand well I I did and Jens maybe forgotten but I don't know if she has forgotten um but the next movie we're doing is Drop Dead Fred from 1991 Oh, yeah, I did forget. Oh my, oh my god. So, not only am I telling viewers for the first time, I'm also reminding Jen. But, um, that's just in case. I think that that's, it's, if, if we can, we'll tell you what the next movie is. We can't always do this because we haven't always decided <laughs> while we're recording. But if we can, we'll tell you and then maybe you can watch the movie as well. Um, I don't know where it's streaming, but I have it in Blu ray. There's a special edition Blu ray in the UK. So Drop Dead Fred from nineteen ninety one Stan Rick Mail. We're doing that next. So yeah, join us for that. Um if you would like to follow the podcast I'm at, drop the pack pod on Twitter. Uh shift is where you'll find everything to do with this podcast and my other podcasts, including the new one that's coming up. Ooh, exciting. Um and <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a fringe rewatch podcast, it's not that exciting. Um and Contact at shifttobench.co.uk if you would like to send us some feedback. Uh, Or, you can, if you wish, if there's any films from the 80s and 90s, or even before that. Um, What's the year? 2000, did we say? 2001 was the cut-off year? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Any film before 2001, um, if you think has some problematic elements, or maybe hasn't aged well that you know, you might give us some suggestions um, because we struggle sometimes. Um, (laughs) uh, But yeah, um, thank you all for listening and we'll speak to you all next time. Goodbye. Bye. I forgot to ask. I forgot to ask you for your Twitter. Sorry. (laughs) It's fine.
0: It's fine. Comcast Business gives you fast, gig-speed internet. And now, ask how to get fast shipping with Amazon Business Prime Essentials so you'll always be ready to bounce forward. Comcast Business. Offer ends 11-15-20. Restrictions apply. Requires qualifying Comcast Business service. New Amazon Business Prime Essential members only.